Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cat's catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today's episode is very special. When I learned about the With Love Now and Forever Cats for COVID Relief fundraiser, I knew The Wrong Cat Died had to be involved. So let me tell you about this fundraiser. The touring cast of Cats National 3 is reuniting for a very special virtual theatrical event for the Broadway Cares COVID-19 Emergency Assistance Fund, which supports the Actors Fund. This special event will premiere Friday, October 23rd at 8 p.m. Eastern at broadwaycares.org slash catsbenefit and will be available through October 27th. So today, I have some of the amazing people involved with this, this production to talk about the fundraiser, the Cats National 3 Tour, and every other crazy cats question that I'm prepared to ask today. So without further ado, welcome award-winning director Jonathan Cerullo, who conceived and produced the fundraiser. Broadway choreographer Joanne Hunter, who helped script the fundraiser, and Grammy Award winner Leslie Ellis, who's performing a spectacular version of Memory for the event. So welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, and thank you all for joining me. Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. So I'm very excited to talk about the fundraiser, but before we do, I think we really have to go back a little bit because... Everyone who's listened to this podcast knows that all of my history and information, everything I know about Cats is the 1998 movie, which is on YouTube, and the 2016 production, which I saw twice, and then just what I've read on the internet, nothing else. And so you three are going to bring a perspective that I'm excited for because the Cats National Tour 3 was in the 80s. And it's like, this was the first time I believe Cats went into a bunch of major cities. So the first thing I really want to hear is, is, what was it like performing Cats at that time when, you know, the fan reaction, like what, what was it like? What just, how are fans reacting to it? What was it like being on tour? Um, this is still a pretty new musical at this point. So let's just jump in with that to start. It was the I, biggest I, thing at the time. Yes, Leslie is right. I, I will tell you, um, in speaking with Tom Viola about this, he had this prolific statement that he said, you guys were the Hamilton of your times. And it didn't actually hit me until he said that, and I could equate that. But um, it really was. And Joanne, uh, I'll let you say the quote that you did in the press release. release. Um, uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a pretty, big, pretty big deal. Yeah, I think, you know, Mike, back um, in, in the 80s, 
there were four first-class productions of Cats in in the United States, uh, and first-class meaning you 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 got paid top tier, basically. Now there's barely a first-class production, even even with the hit musical going out with all the new contracts. So it was, uh, it was as Leslie said, it was a big deal. I mean, to to put Cats on your resume, you felt like you made it. Absolutely. It was it was the show to be a part of whether you were a dancer who sang or a singer who danced or moved. You know, what I mean, everybody wanted to be a part of Cats. I, I do believe that. I mean, I remember the cattle calls. They were I mean, every time a cat's call happened every six months, it, they, they were massive, massive audition calls. And it was interesting, too, with that, um, Jimmy Walski, our dance captain, who is part of this um, uh, event, said, you realize that between New York, Los Angeles, and Canada, I didn't realize that they auditioned Canada for this production, um, they saw well over a 1,000 people for, what, 22 roles on stage, and plus the swings and understudies. So by, by the time <clears throat> we were cast, they had exhausted quite a lot of auditions um, with that, and they had the, 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 to choose the best of the best that they saw appropriate for the show. So I was very honored. So I, I did read that there was four tours going on at the same time. Was like, how does that work? Were you, you know, almost like? Well, it feels them, a little like um, like you're you're rumbling a little bit about which you know which performances are the best and and which cities you're going to. <laughs> Well, the first two were, one was in, in Los Angeles um, entirely. I don't That's think a sit-down company, right. Maybe, okay. maybe, it, maybe it went to San Francisco for a few weeks beforehand or something. And the second one was in Boston for, I think it was sitting in Boston. And then we were the first touring company that went, you know, did one week spots. And and you, I mean, this I read that you. This is the first time that you went to a lot of major cities. I, I am a little fascinated by you know even calling it the Hamilton of the time because it, to me it seems like now everyone knows everyone has an opinion on cats whether they love it or hate it. They kind of know what they're getting. But in the eighties, <laughs> I think a lot of a lot of people probably were. It, it wasn't as generally accepted as like what you would go see on Broadway. So how did people was like what was the reception like? You know, when you were selling out weeks in advance. It, 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 we were sold out, and I, I, I remember very specifically going to the theater and seeing lines around the bo- you know, around the corner of the box office for people to get tickets to the show. Um, and and <clears throat> the producers knew that we were we were making a lot of money uh, for for the company, and so um, that's one of the reasons. And we can get into it. We were booked into um, outdoor theaters where we were playing to twelve thousand seats, and we did that. Ladies, correct me if I'm wrong. I think we did three outdoor theaters or two. Two. I, is it? I only remember two. Yeah. Two. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. In yeah. Cincinnati, right? Yeah. Cicada yeah. Cincinnati. Yes. Cicada. Cicada's in Cincinnati. Yes, that was a lovely experience. That's right. I was on yeah, vacation yeah. that week. That's right, Joanne. That's right. Pico um, told me that. Pico, um, who played our tugger, they uh, they said, "No, but Joanne and I were on vacation during that week." I was like, "Oh, lucky." <laughs> You miss the thunderstorms and cicadas flying into our mouths. Yeah, um, I had a cicada fly into my mouth during memory. And, and oh Michael, my what we're talking was about was... I just had to have a hairball on stage, you know. Just a, as you know, cicadas only come out once every, you know, biblical century. And of course, when we were playing the outdoor theater, they they 
whatever they do come out of their cocoons or whatever. And it was just a cacophony of cicadas, uh, you know, uh, in, in, uh, you know, and, and we actually, we actually referenced that in our, in our event, which you, when you tune in, you'll, you'll hear that. Cincinnati, but, they're just trying to give you the true cat's experience. <laughs> yeah. Cicadas. They welcomed us with open arms. <laughs> you know, another thing, if I can interject and I, and I'm uh, quoting, I'm quoting what Jimmy Walski said. He said, so you realize that this, the team that put this together had put together, you know, the, the Broadway company, you know, with Stanley Lebowski, his music director, Tom Reed, uh, T. Michael Reed, our dance supervisor, um, David Taylor, our, our director. Uh, and, and they were, they were descendants of, of, of Trevor and, and Jillian. I'm, I'm, I'm correct about that ladies, right? That is correct. They 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 put together every company that followed. That's the right. That's that's right. That's right. They put every. And so by the time they got to us, our audition, they had done it twice already, and um, <clears throat> they were really quite you know set on what they were looking for and how to put that show together. So we were we were we 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 were treated very very well in in terms of yeah. the 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 conception of that show and having it be very, very strong. That company, oh my God, was a very strong company. I will say that. And also like we were treated so well, we were just welcomed. And, and Jonathan and I were, we, we, you know, we talk about the benefit that we did back then we were on the road and, you know, people let us use conference rooms in the middle of the night after the show and hotels and things for, so we could rehearse and we, and, um, when we were in Kansas city, we, um, we had a costume shop that donated all the costumes for, um, for this benefit that we put on this benefit. And we made almost $40,000, which was a lot of money at the time. And, um, you know, the, the Jonathan and I were on costumes. <laughs> and so, um, we all kind of just pitched in, you know, and it was to, to raise money for, um, for AIDS awareness and, and AIDS research back in the day when there wasn't much, um, in that regard. So, um, you know, I mean, everybody just said, sure, you're doing, we'll donate 22, you know, gold tuxedos so you can do one singular sensation. You know, it was, it was unbelievable. We never would have been able to do it without that. Yeah. And I, I, so I, reading up on that, it, it's amazing to read that in one night, raising $40,000 in the late eighties. Yeah. In eight, 1987. That's a yeah. lot of money for, for, money. Uh, for something that, some majority of Americans really didn't have a grasp on, on the toll it was taking. So how did, like, what do you remember about that night? How did that, the oh. idea come up and, and just the reaction from the community for, again, like you said, something that a lot of people didn't know a lot about. I, I, I can I jump in ladies and say yeah, this? Cause yeah. it, I, I don't I, remember I, when it started. <laughs> I do very clearly. I remember being in the hotel room. We were already nine months on the road. And the news came on, and it was Tom Brokaw. If you remember Tom Brokaw, the newscaster, mm-hmm. and he said, mm-hmm. "Ladies and gentlemen, you know, he, he announced that Michael Bennett had mm-hmm. just passed away from the HIV/AIDS virus." And I shot up at a at a you know just and I tuned in. I was like, "What? What did he just say? Michael Bennett died?" And I walked into the theater and into the men's dressing room that night because we were we were all sort of pretty much in, every, in the dressing room. I said, "Guys, I don't know about you, but I just can't." I just can't sit still. We need to do something. And our monkish trap, Randy Clements, had been part of, uh, I think, the tour of Coruscant, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, one of the I believe national he was like in the first national, I believe. Yes. Uh, he played Zach, if I'm not mistaken, right, Joanne? 
Correct. You are correct. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, well, why don't we do a tribute to Michael Bennett? And that's how it started. And you're talking to Leslie, Joanne, and myself. We all had very active roles in putting that that benefit together. And like Leslie said, you didn't really talk about HIV AIDS. And this was actually Not outside of New York, you didn't, or San Francisco. Not outside of New York. And and no. and it was interesting because this was actually two years before Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS was even formed, and um, we put it was Judy and Mickey. Let's put on a show, but oh my God, we <laughs> we it, it, what a I, show I, I can was. Oh. I can still yeah. see this production that we did, and Joanne it was, was so very. Joanne helped to choreograph it, and she put uh, several numbers together for it. And Leslie and I, Leslie and I, were on costumes. We did the costumes. So, <laughs> that we was did the costumes, yeah. and I also created the posters with Adria. Everybody, it was very that's grassroots, right. and that's the kind of yeah. team it was. That's what one of the things that made it so special. I mean, you can imagine I'd been on other tours, and it it's hard being on the road like that. I mean, but we were young and we were eager and we were excited and we all just, I mean, it was a real love fest. I mean, I remember it as such. So if it wasn't kids, don't remind me, but, um, it was, it was really, it was the most amazing like collaboration. It was so grassroots. Everyone said, well, I, I can do that, you know, which is a number from Corthline. So, you know, yeah, I, I agree with you completely. I think that, well, one, like I, like I said, or for me anyway, I, I don't want to speak for everybody, but for me, you know, getting cats was like, it was the end of end all. I mean, it was okay. I've, I've, I've made, it, I've done it. I've made it. And, you know, and then, then when you're, you know, we were thrown in a room with all, everybody who's never done the show. None of us came from another company or the Broadway company. We were all brand new to the show. Um, which it doesn't always happen. Lots of times they'll bring people from another company over. Our company was a brand spanking new group of actors and performers. That's right, Joanne. And, I didn't you know, realize that. And we um we just we I mean we were forced to crawl around the floor our first day of rehearsal <gasps> and basically smell and lick each other. So we got to know each other really well, really fast. And the and the, and the trust, I think the trust happened immediately. And and I think we I think as as a whole it was a great beautiful group of people and you know when when we had heard the news of michael bennett passing it was you know i mean it hits the theater community i mean he was an icon right then um as 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 jonathan said that um T. Michael Reed, who basically put all, he was Jillian's eyes and ears, right? Jillian Lynn's. And oh, yeah. he's the one who put everything together. A month and a half, and correct me if I'm wrong, later, T. Michael Reed died um, of AIDS. That's and right. We, That's right. We were told, I'll never forget this, we were told at the five minute call. Yes. And I remember being in tears and doing that damn adage. And I was like this, I got to get through this. It was so emotional. And so, and it was, Mm -hmm. and so we put that, that benefit together. I think he died in August. God, I wish I had my paperwork in front of me. I can't remember, but we, I believe we put that that benefit together like um, within a month, two months after. You are absolutely right, Joanne. It was, it was a few weeks later that, that, that T. Michael had passed away. Um, That hit us hard because he was a brilliant, kind, kind human being. And he was, and he was, he was close with Michael Bennett. I think he actually Mm -hmm. was was part of the the chorus line, you know, uh, entourage Mm -hmm. there, but, uh, yeah, no, that, um, you know, and, and un- unfortunately, and when you watch our benefit, 
we do um, an in memoriam section to um, I'm going to get choked up uh, to um, to those that we that we lost, um, and we did we we did lose many cast yes. members and crew, and and it's it, it was just you know, and so with that, I, I'll, I'll jump to this moment because I'm going to break down. We. The Gatchel Neufeld, which was our general managers, and Nina Lannan, who is a brilliant w- woman in the theater, producer and uh, and a general manager, they came down to see our uh, our, our benefit, and she pulls us aside and she goes, "You know, guys, I, 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 you, you guys should continue this. You guys should do this. You know, when you can. And the one stipulation is it cannot interfere with the show with with what we're getting paid for." <laughs> But I think you guys should continue this. And um, Mike, what was wonderful with that company is that we did little one-offs all across the country, you know. And and we got very fancy. At one point, we um, Lily Tomlin agreed to come on board as one of our hosts, and we in Washington, and we raised some more money. But um, this was and 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 it, it, it sort of will flash us forward to thirty-five years later. But we'll save that for for the. When we talk about the benefit, but yeah, let's, let's talk about that now because I think it's kind of you know let's let's, let's <laughs> jump in. Uh, I think it's a good segue, and the other stuff I want to ask you about is a little bit more um, light natured in in topic. So let's cover this. But it's it's really cool to see the parallel thirty thirty five years later that this effort, this grassroots effort, you know, incredible one day turned into continuous fundraising is now coming back and and bringing back in a time of need again um, your community. So let, tell me about how this came to life and about the fundraiser. Um, it, was, it, it was a phone call from one of the cast members, Austin Jeton. Um, as Joanne says, also just see, we all, we all, we listen. We lived together for two years. There's, there's no one you can't not be family with people, and so we, we, we immediately fought, fell back into that spirit. But Austin called me up, um, and, and I, I, I retired from dancing and have moved on to producing and directing. And, and I think we all have, have, have advanced in our careers um, uh, on the other side of the table, which I'm very grateful for. But he calls me up and he says, Jonathan, do you remember when we did the, I said, yes. <laughs> he didn't even finish the sentence. And he goes, well, what do you think? And I said, yes. He goes, I didn't even finish my question. I said, whatever you're going to ask me, Austin, the answer is yes. It was literally like three weeks after uh, Governor Cuomo shut down Broadway. Uh, he, I think he I think he closed down uh, the theaters on March 12th, if I'm 12th. not mistaken. That's correct. March 12th, yeah. So, so literally like two weeks later, Austin calls me up and says, what do you think if we do this? And I said, the only way I will consider doing this is if we do it for uh, the Actors Fund. Um, and that, that then I immediately called Joanne. I immediately called Jimmy Walski, our, 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 our dance captain, um, uh, and, and our music team, uh, Eddie Robinson, um, all the conductors, and said, hey, wh- how, how do we do this? We were building the plane as we were flying it, so, so to speak. Um, because, um, yes, you were. Nobody had done this before, and I was like, "Oh!" And if if and and Joanne's husband Brian Ronan saved ourselves, brilliant, brilliant. And he was our sound, uh, Nick. He was our sound man. And 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 Brian was on it. Brian was on the tour as sound designer. uh, Sound. uh, He was an engineer for six months. 
Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and I knew. I did not have sex with him then. I just have to clarify that. <laughs> we weren't married. did not what? They- I did not have <laughs> sex with him then. I have to clarify that. There we go. Um, you were dating gone, someone man. else. No, no. Anyway, but but so long story short, Mike is um, all of us got together and we figured it out as we do in the industry. And uh, when I when I approached Broadway Cares and um, the Actors Fund, we were able to uh, commandeer both Brian Stokes Mitchell and Tom Viola, who are you know respectively the the head of uh, Stokes is the chair chair chairman of the board of the Actors Fund and Tom Viola is the executive director of Broadway Cares. We got them both together to host this evening. So it's rather special because I I have seen many of these events happen and that is a i have not seen stokes and tom together in in one event so we're fortunate to have that but every single person pulled their weight and we muscled through the opening number we had some restrictions that we couldn't you know and, and Joanne and I, who, who, who we, we sort of conceived this, and Joanne, you can you can talk to this uh, too about our restrictions on what we agreed to do and not do. Um, I'll let I'll let Joanne speak to that. But but we all pulled pulled this together, and all, all I can say is we kept on texting each other, going, "Did we really do this in this key eight times a week?" <laughs> and dance too, and I was like. Yeah, Eddie Robinson, our conductor, says this is the this is the show key, and we were like, "How ah, the heck?" And I said, "Well, we were twenty eight years old. We're sixty now, you know." Good so, but, but Joanne, you, why don't you talk about you know just the what in, in in terms of creating that opening number? We weren't allowed certain. Yes, well, I think you know as as you said, Jonathan. I mean, when Jonathan called myself and Jimmy, and we were like, "Yes, wait a minute, what on what on who?" who? What you know, and I—I I mean, I—I I had just finished doing a benefit for another project, so I kind of had a, a smidgen, and I use that term very lightly—a smidgen of knowledge of the zooming, uh, but <laughs> the zoom, the zooming, <laughs> you know. But um, you know, so when when I said, "All right," and I—I've worked, I'm working with Andrew Lloyd Webber a lot, so I have a relationship with him. So I said, "Well, let's," and Jonathan. Because of Jonathan saying, I also want to do this right. I want to do it with their blessing. You know what I mean? I thought that was brilliant. And so so we got in touch. So we, we were talking with Rug, really useful group. And, you know, they just, the first thing they said was, um, are you going to, you're not going to wear costumes, are you? And I said, hell no. I said, I'm not putting on a young wig. I'm not putting on makeup. No, we're not, we're not doing that. And so that was something that they did not want to see and not want Correct. to go back. Uh, and then, the, and then of course the other big thing was in, yes, yes, you have our blessing, but we, we ask that you do not bring up, um, certain things. And we said, absolutely. So, uh, it was, you know, it was, the restrictions weren't crazy and we were only, that was the only big group number we were doing. And we just, we said, we just wanted to make it fun, but there would be no choreography, choreography that was reminiscent of Jillian's movements or, or anything right. in that. Or and also we, like at all, you know, uh, right. Yeah. Like, and yeah. we could have fun with it and play, but it was, and so that was really their, their biggest concern. And, and we were like, no, that's, yeah, we're, we're just going to have fun. And, and so we did. So, and then we had to have everybody make their own video of the song. Ooh. 
Yeah. We're very yeah. much hoping to be nominated for an Emmy Award <laughs> in the category of YouTube videos shot on Zoom using an iPhone in the pandemic. Yeah. The winner yeah. is... Mike, let, yeah, let, let, me, let me clarify a, a, a few of those points. We, we, we really were, you know, building the plane as we were flying it. And, and you know, those of all of us work in a room. We collaborate with each other and we talk with each other in the studio and we're making changes and, you know, all of that. That was that didn't happen here at all. Um, we, as, as, as we say, we had Zoom meetings to discuss, you know, p- plans of attack. And really, it, it, that helped. But when it came down to the actual capture of let's just go with Jellicle songs, first of all, we had to relearn the song. And that in itself was putting that muscle <laughs> back into into shape. Oh my was, god! So many words. <laughs> was, was, yes, as, as Leslie said, so many words. Um, and and like Joanne articulated, we weren't we we didn't want to recreate the number. We wanted to celebrate the number. And you know, it, it, it it's a it's a celebratory. You know, it, it, there's a you know Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote a incredible you know melody to that song. Um, and it, it does have its you know, a, a joy to it, um, expressing Ten, these, these individual yeah. characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what we did is we, I said to everybody, look, when you have your solo lines, be creative with it. You know, here's, here's a sort of a, a framework, but be creative with it. And then we just, you know, created some, some wonderful ensemble moments from that. I mean, it's the only number that everybody is on stage all the time for the complete five minutes every single character does that opening number um uh, and and that's 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 what we tried to sort of capture that and um but but yeah it wasn't it was not easy and the but, you key, know um, oh I, I want to also i want to interject here if i may and say that john when you and i were talking early on about memory um, we said one, one thing we really wanted to do was make it pertinent to today we wanted it to be resonant to what everybody's going through right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, so I think that's, that's another thing that, that yeah. the Jellicle yeah. cats you know, became. Well, that, that was, that was a two. And in talking with Joanne and with Jimmy and with Eddie, uh, you know, we're, we, we're, we're not here to recreate the musical. We, not, not for anything. We, we've done it. So we don't need to do it again. We need to yeah. celebrate it. It's been running for forty years. It's you yeah, know, right. You <laughs> right. Oh my God. I, I um, what what would you say to someone who's going to come watch? What what can a fan expect to see when they come to the fundraiser um, on Friday? Oh, well, you're going to see. Oh, I'm so sorry, Jonathan, but I just have to. So you're going to you're going to see and hear Leslie uh, mm. sing "Memory" and Christine Toy Johnson the syllabub. Uh, uh, who's our, who was our syllabub sing uh, the soprano memory as I call it. Uh, and it's extraordinary. It's beautiful. I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever said this to you, Leslie. Uh, I've seen, I've not seen cats that often, but I've heard many people at auditions sing memory. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I would watch you every single night and never, and I just, I, it's her, her performance was extraordinary then and it's even more poignant now because it comes with it comes with more knowledge of who she is it comes with with the the environment that we are now currently living in so yeah. that to me is a 
will be a beautiful, and it was put together beautifully by our dear, dear friend, Matt Zarley, who is pounceable in the show, who did a beautiful job, as Leslie said, making it poignant and making it feel that it's relevant, even though it's out of context. So that's all I have to say. Okay. I'm actually going to go and and, and correct that. Um, He did, Matt Zarley, not only did did he create the video concept of this beautifully, he created it brilliantly. And he did all the editing and all of the- That's that's what what I mean. Yeah. I mean, he's- he's as, as we, we had a, we had an idea with it, and I don't want to ruin this for those who will watch it, but I was concerned about how we were going to put that into the into this because I knew people would want to see it. And something happened to me during the first few weeks of the pandemic, and I live here in New York City, and we were hard hit. Joanne's a New York City resident. I think Leslie, you're a, I know Leslie, you're in, you're in Nashville, mm-hmm. but we 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 were we were hit here in New York and the, the, this, the morbid silence that resonated in the streets was, was deafening. That sound was deafening. And, um, and, and something happened, which I witnessed that I, at that moment understood we were given permission to do this song. So I called Leslie up and I discussed it with her. Um, I, um, I, I, I was, encouraged to watch a video that Matt Zarley had produced. And within 30 nanoseconds, I said, Matt has to do memory. I call Matt in Los Angeles and I say, Matt, I need you to do this for me. Here's, here's, here's what we're thinking. And every director wants this to happen for it to come back into the room better than it left the room. And when I saw the rough draft of this, I could not contain myself. It hit and resonated in such a place that I didn't expect. So I called Matt up and I was like a blubbering baby on the phone. And his work is just exquisite. I mean, exquisite. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. It's brilliant. It's spot on. Mm -hmm. So thoughtful. And Leslie's work in it with Christine and the way we position this, um, I, I'm, I'm very excited to, to be able to, to share it with everybody. But the rest of the the rest of the evening, if if I if I could just articulate, I said I, we brought in Christine Toy Johnson, who is this a brilliant playwright and has written several wonderful plays and is being produced all over the country. And I'm I'm so honored just to be working with this woman. She's an incredible collaborator. And I called her up too initially. And I said, right, we need a script. Would you? And she said, yes, of course. So we had a script and we, we followed a script and, and the script was, was looked at by really useful um, in terms of the, 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 the dynamics of it. And um, we, we, as we mentioned, we do Jellicle songs and we do memory, but there's a few other treats in there. We have a little moment with Joanne and Stokes, which is kind of fun. And we have a, 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 a what, why the Actors Fund is important to all of us who, who are in the entertainment industry. And that's a segment called Testimonials of Hope, which is really quite wonderful. But the, but the one thing that I, I have to articulate here and I don't mean to be dominating this conversation. I'll shut up in two minutes. I had asked to do naming of cats and read the poem. And David Dobson was like, oh, that's, that's a different department. Joanne <laughs> were like, well, what department is that? And they said, you have to go to the T.S. Eliot estate for that. 
Well, long story short, the T.S. Eliot estate gave us permission to read in an oratorical fashion the naming of cats. And we position this because we are doing this close to Halloween with a, a, a sort of hook into the mystery of, of uh, and the spirit of, of Halloween um, and, and, and the ineffable uh, quality of that poem brilliantly written by obviously T.S. Eliot. So there's, there's a fun moment there, but yeah, we, we had, we had fun. That's, that's it. That's there, there's so much to look forward to. Um, I there's a lot. To, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it sounds, I mean, really exciting. And um, so I just want to remind everyone that they can see it on October 23rd, um, which Friday. is this Friday uh, at 8 PM at org slash cats benefit and i do want to quickly just um i want to see is there anything else we want you want to talk about about the fundraiser because if not we're going to take a hard left into more cats <laughs> topics and so I, 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 I will say this just very quickly i'm sorry ladies to dominate this but um and and, and joanne you you know this about stokes uh brian stokes mitchell who is the chair chairperson of the board uh, of the Actors Fund, uh, most recently articulated that in a normal year, the Actors Fund gives out $2 million. That's a normal year. Mm-hmm. To date, to date, they have already exceeded $12 million. I thought that uh, was so, in September, Jonathan. Yeah, that, yes, thank you. I, I, I was going to say this September or September or something, right? So we are, where are we now? We're, 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 we're almost that, at the we're end of October. Yeah. So I, I am sure that that number has gone up. But if there is, if there is, if there is a place uh, for 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 a donation to be made, um, it is the entertainment industry who who is just hemorrhaging right now with uh, with the, the, the needed funds here. So. Uh, anything we can do, um, and it's uh, broadwaycares.org forward slash cats benefit um, to watch the video, and there's a link there to make a donation. And P.S., we haven't even put, wait for it, a paw on stage yet, and we have already raised um, over 20% of our funding goal. Um, so, yes, so so we're well over, well over two grand Um uh, with that, actually, I think we're closer to three grand now that I'm thinking about it. If I can just look at it, yes, we are closer to three thousand dollars. Thank you very much. My oh, we're over three thousand dollars. Yes. Wow. Oh, that was amazing. Wow. Oh, my experience with the Cats fans are—they are, they are um, incredible people who I'm confident will come out we to watch this. <laughs> yeah, the music is so much so, fun, and it's it's really fun. Great. I, I am very excited, and we've got you know people are gonna people are gonna go see it, and so I'm excited for that. And I, I don't want to spoil any more because you know it's it's gonna happen soon, and so everyone's gonna get to watch. So I, I want to go back to to your um, your tour, and I have one quick question because you mentioned it, and I was I've been very curious, but I know that you you did outdoor theaters, and I have been fascinated by stage designs for this musical because when i walked in in 2016 i was mesmerized by the whole thing before the show even started yeah but i'm really wondering how did you leslie ascend to the heavy side layer outdoors did you like it <laughs> roped up on a tree and carried like how did that, how did that work <laughs> no these theaters are these are these are are shed theaters that are used to doing you know uh, you know, summer stock and all kinds of they're, they're 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 and we traveled with our own trusts and and all of the equipment. We had 
two semis did did we have guys like, two semis many, i think we four, had seven trucks i think we traveled with six seven, or seven trucks seven okay we yeah. had seven semis like big big trucks that traveled with all that stuff and so there actually in Cincinnati, in st louis um we had a slate in, I, I guess it was all of the time both times when we did the outdoor we did have different sets that had been built for um i forget who joe do you remember God, I know. I I, mean, I remember at the Muni, we it was an, it felt like an extended set because it was such a huge stage. So we had more garbage, yeah. for lack of a better term, right on the side. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was it, the, right? They had it was different though because I remember we all went up and we were like cats. We were like, "Wow, look at this. That's not the same stove. Right? Ooh, look at that. That tire Ooh. is different." You know. <laughs> so, yeah. So, well, one, so it was, one of the one of the things ahead. was that that our set that we traveled with was with the exception of a few technical things was built for indoors so we couldn't we couldn't yeah. it wasn't waterproof we couldn't have it oh yeah okay it, it wasn't weatherproof so so all of those outdoor sets had to be built for that particular you know uh week or whatever it was that we were there with but, and, and yeah they just made everything right. So that was a new deck. So that that wasn't our deck, probably. If now that it wasn't our deck. Okay. So was. anything that was under the overhang was probably part of our set. But Correct. anything that could could possibly get wet was probably all the new add-ons. Now that I yeah. kind of think about that, I guess. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, exactly. I mean, I was I was so yeah. young then. I was like, what? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. just setting you up. It doesn't matter how. Just but it was the same truss. I'm pretty sure, and it was the same. Yeah pod and it was the same tire i'm relatively certain that those were consistent with um you know what we had done before yeah so. I, I, I think you're right we had a levitating tire and and leslie there was a there was a platform that dropped down from the truck a deus ex machina a, a deus ex machina <laughs> exactly and you stepped onto and went up and there wasn't in yeah. the broadway production there was sort of an arm that came down that grizz walked up this was a this was a a a, mm. a, 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 a platform that lowered from that first truss if I remember correctly, you got on, yep. walked off, and then there was one of those cherry pickers that oh, it was a, a hydraulic. She, our, our tire was a that's hydraulic right. lift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's it right. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah. We didn't have the only thing we didn't have. Mike was one of the things we didn't have was our car. The 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 trunk didn't didn't raise up. That was one of the mechanical things we didn't have. Um, but so that's a good transition. Cause I think the other thing I've been fascinated about is again, a show that's gone for 40 years um, has changed and evolved. There was some choices that were interesting. I'll, I'll just call them that. There's also some regional, you know, if they go overseas where they add different characters and things have been different names. So what, at the time of the 80s versus today, what are the biggest changes you've seen from the production you did to what you would see if you went to the tour, the 2016 revival today? Well, I'll say in speaking about memory, I think that the way the singers sing it now is very different. Um, back then, it was just Broadway people doing the show. And now um, there are, are pop stars. I, I can't remember her name. Who played it in 2016? Leona Lewis. Leona Lewis. Yeah, yeah. We both worked with the same producer out in California, but um, you know, she's she's much much more of a pop artist. In fact, she's 
huge pop artist. <laughs> so I think that's that's different, maybe an approach to the music. But I didn't see that production either, so I don't know. Guys? I, I, I think the only physical, it, to me, the obvious thing that I noticed, I didn't see it on Broadway. I saw it actually at the Palladium in London when it was there before it came to New York. And, and um Visually, it uh, costume-wise was a different. They were. It, mm-hmm. it felt a little bit. Um, it felt sparse, more sparse. Makeup, the makeup design was definitely very different from our makeup from the original from Broadway, not yeah. the original West End. I think the original West End's makeup design was very different when it came to Broadway, and then Broadway's yeah. design is what all of all the national companies did. We did that was our. That was the design. It, but so the makeup design and the hair, all the whole, basically the aesthetic design of each individual cat character w- was very is very different yeah. now than it was when we did it. Yeah, and and, and another thing, uh, Joanne, did you see two sixteen the twenty sixteen revival? I saw it in London. I did not see it in New York. I, I saw it in New York when we were all invited back to see it. Um, and I, I will tell you, there were structural differences within the, the show itself. Um, uh, they eliminated Peaks and Pollicles. Um, uh, Gus Grell Tiger didn't do, the Siamese didn't do, um, what was that? What was the thing you did with Siamese? What was that? Oh gosh. What was that? It was like, it, it, what was that? Joanne Hunter, <laughs> Hunter. I remember you specifically doing Siamese because I would torture you because Skimble would come oh, out right after that. And I, right. You, 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 you were downstairs left. I'll never forget that. I just tortured oh. you with that number. Um, oh, but, that but there was a face. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> big that big. We wore these big things over our face. I covered our entire yes. face, with our yeah. eyes and mouth. Oh and you my had a god! Through your nose or something like that. Well, that was eliminated from the 2016 revival. Oh, and like I, I said, peaks and, peaks and Pollicles wasn't wasn't uh, done either. And they they re they shifted. Um, some of the storyline in terms of you know what the placement of songs um, oh, and you know really? Andy Blanken yes and, you know and it was it was wonderfully conceived by Andy Blankenbuehler who did who did a marvelous job with 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 bringing this back um, but there were there were some structural changes that you know just hey listen they they made changes and that was that um, but we our company we did not and speaking of makeup and all of that um it's it's interesting because I, I don't know if you ladies know this but the the london company from what gary stevens my the, the person who did my my hair um my, put my wig on mine oh, too oh did, are you kidding me what gary i didn't oh, know I that Gary was, we became such good friends. Oh, and yeah. that's right. I have a picture of you and Gary. May he rest in peace, exactly. But Gary was our, our hairdresser, and I didn't realize that he was all three of our hairdressers. But he said, you know, Jonathan, they the Skimble, you're the only one that has, still has whiskers. And I was like, really? So Skimble was was one of the only characters that they that they brought um, the whiskers over from, from London. Because apparently in London they had a lot more facial hair and whiskers on on on, ah, on the actors but skimble had to have those mutton chops put on every night yep and um yeah i i if you actually see my face right now i don't actually have any more cheeks left because of the spirit <laughs> come that, that that i had to use for that but yeah no yeah. um uh but but we had we had the uh, i don't want to say authentic but we had the john napier's original concept for for the, for the makeup and costumes and hair and wigs and all of that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and and so that's the other question that I love to ask, and I, and I'm fascinated to hear it from from your tour because it's the you know I've, I've heard a lot of it from 2016, but most of what I've examined from a lens um, that deeper than I've ever expected to go on this lens is the backstories of your characters. And so the question I want to ask is, you know, with Skimble, Victoria, and Grisabella, what were you told going into production about how to play that character, the personalities, relationships with other cats? I mean, what were you given or did you just kind of figure it out on the fly? I worked with um, Stanley Lebowski and David Taylor just by myself, and um, they were amazing. As you know, I have a, a degree in acting from Carnegie Mellon University, and um, you know, a lot of times, and I, I didn't really know this was my only se- only my second job in New York, but um, I, I um, I'd been you know, a lot of times from directors, you get do it like this, do it like that. But they were very much, um, they very much wanted me to kind of make up my own story, make my own personal backstory that would resonate when I sang the song. So they didn't tell me anything in terms of like particular T.S. Eliot lore or anything like that. They just emphasized, you know, the moments when I wasn't hitting them and things like that. So it was really a, a, a very organic process. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So did you come up with your own backstory again? Did you like have the, this could be my, you know, my, my sibling, or this could be my, you know, lover, or this is like my, you know, this is what happened, especially for Grisbell, like what happened on why you were kicked out or like any of these things. There's, I, I have my opinions and my interpretations of it, but I, I know mine is just me making it up versus being right. actually told or coming up with it for someone who had to perform it eight times a week. Well, you know, obviously I didn't know the kittens at all because they were young. And um, I think... And potentially your kids. That's the other thing that's kind of crazy about that. Yeah, I, di- I didn't go that far into that kind of stuff. Um, okay. I, I, I kind of like, you know, thought maybe Gus, you know, and I had a career in her, you know, together moments together. But um, I, I didn't go into a lot of that um, in terms of my relationships with the specific cats. Um, it was more like a community, a tribe that I had belonged to that I needed to find my way back into. And one thing that I played off of a lot was that the kittens were the only ones who would approach me. 
um, I think sometimes you can get too much backstory when you're working on um, on things. And most of my time on stage was all by myself. So um, it wasn't like I had to interact in a scene with people, just just basically right before I would sing and things like that. So, mm-hmm. Which makes but I'd sense. love to hear what your uh, theories are. Oh, I, have, I have a lot. There's a lot of theories. <laughs> okay. Just mine. There's a lot out there on the internet of you know who you are the the mother potentially of, and is that why someone oh, approaches wow. you first when they come when they come back? And um, there's a there's a lot. It's a really dark dark web of internet rumors you can get into if you want to. Interesting. I'm not well, sure. I that. can tell you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Leslie. <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, go ahead. I. I <laughs> I just, I have never heard that ever. I, I I can tell you what Victor what I was told, if I believe, by David Taylor, that Victoria be, that um that that Victoria has a very uh con- a connection with Grizabella, and that is why she's the, and she's a kitten, and you know, and mm-hmm. and bigotry and hate is taught. It's not you're not born with it, right? Mm-hmm. And so the idea that um that she's the first one she's the one that touches that it that says yeah. that doesn't let her leave and and i was told that and i'm going to paraphrase like crazy cuz i'm trying to remember but that at one time grizabella was the victoria in the tribe she was the she was the she they were said she was the the young the innocent the one that was going to and then and then she strayed that's or something like that, and then she and she and then she hooked up, and she hooked up one too many times. Um, so that's what I kind of remember, but not that she was not the mother of any any of the kittens, but that she was very similar to Victoria being the the pure cat, and then she and then she became a hussy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's, that's the rumor. That's not a that's not the joke. That's the rumor. Like the rumor yeah. is that went on to some type of. Of sex work or some type of oh, yeah. drug based oh. leaving oh, the no, tribe. That was definitely that was back. definitely that was definitely part of my my backstory is that she had fallen from approval, she had fallen from grace, that that she oh, was the glamour cat, she was the on her way to possibly a theater career, a movie career, and and interacted with Gus maybe and um the bad boys, and that she, the bad cat. Yeah, and that she, well, and then and then <laughs> that she, well, the theater cat, crowd, whatever, and yes. that she lost her way somehow, and that now she's, you know, she's that person. I, I've always said that it's the it's the bald Britney Spears moment before getting the Vegas show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Like that that kind of like really low. Yeah, that, I mean, that's like Grizabella so said, "Thank goodness there was no out. internet." <laughs> yeah, yes, there was no, there was no social media when this, you know, the show came out. So there, that yeah. that part of the story is not um, not out there. It's just, you know, I guess made up by the super fans or people's interpretations. What yeah. about Skimble? Really you guys have way too much time on your hands. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I, I, I will say this because I knew you were going to ask this question, and I will say that. Um, on our first day of rehearsal, or, or, or there shortly thereafter, our first day, um, 
they put us all in a circle. And we were at the old 890 studios, if you remember. The, which is the, the Michael, Michael Bennett Studios. Which yeah. is the Michael Bennett Studios, that's right. Um, and we were uh, all put together in a big circle. And we introduced ourselves, et cetera. And I will, I, I will remember very, very specifically David Taylor, our director, saying, Skimbleshanks, well, he's everybody's favorite uncle. And that was, and I thought, oh, I'm an uncle. So I guess you're trying to tell me I'm a gunkle, a gay uncle. Is that what you're trying yeah. to tell me? Yeah. <laughs> um, and 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 what what I found uh, interesting about about that is just the fastidiousness of this character. Um, yeah. You know, I, they, they did. We, we didn't. You know, I I, I I I did what I could with that role in terms of what it was. And to me, you know, the costume dictated this sort of wonderful brightness um the 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 song itself self starts off with jingle bells Mm -hmm. and what i learned later and joanne joanne i asked joanne this and she 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 uh, confirmed this that it is andrew lloyd weber's favorite song in the show um if if i'm not mistaken joanne am i right right. about that he loves gimbal shots love and it is beautifully, beautifully written, um, it, it, and when you just start up with those that bright, I I really loved it. I really did love it. There was something that that hit me with that, um, and uh, I, I did my job. You know, I, I hope I did it well. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, as far as this, the the interactions yeah there was talk about me you know hooking up with gumby cat and maybe we're doing something something you know we had like you know we were all sort of you know plotting like you know armies and this kind of thing and you know i don't know but but there's a rumor with you and tugger it's called tugger tugger shanks well um oh my god (laughs) Let me sit with that for a minute. I need to talk to BK about that. BK Keneally, who played Tugger for us, um, who did a brilliant job uh, after we had Andy Spangler, who was our did first he, Tugger. And did he actually quickly. replace Andy Spangler? Yes, he yes. did. Yes, he did. Oh, okay. and, uh, and the original Tugger, Andy Spangler, I, we, no, we, we weren't able to locate Andy. Um, and I hope he's doing well wherever he is. But yeah. Andy was with our show for a hot second and yeah. I, I literally i spoke to bk two days ago and i said bk i said i, I gotta tell you something i don't remember I, the only tugger i remember is you so if there was a relationship between tugger and skimble what did you call it tugger tugger shanks, tugger shanks. Mm-hmm. that's what the internet calls it tugger shanks <laughs> Okay, I need to I need to discuss this with with BK. Google it, baby. Uh, Google it. I'll, I'll Google it. Yes. Um, but no, we were. I, I will tell you. I will tell you what our our the creative team did for us. And Joanne articulated this earlier. They had us, and you said one day, Joanne. I'm going to correct you. I believe we a were week. a week. No, but it, but it was more. the first day of rehearsal. It was the we, in the morning we sat around. They gave us the synopsis. That after lunch on our first that day, after, we were yes, crawling right. around, licking each you, other. You yes. are absolutely right. <laughs> you are absolutely right. And we and we really and they they improved us for for a number of days for us to um to 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 work in this uh, feline you know form and also to just get to know each other because. 
I think Leslie mentioned the word tribe. And that was one word that they kept on reiterating to us. This tribe of cats gets together one time a year to decide who's going to go up to the heavy side layer. And and I, I remember that very, very clearly with that. And, and all these little antidotes that happen in between exemplify to old dude who he's going to choose to do this. And who does he choose? We all know. So. Well, I'm interested in knowing, Mike, who you think should have been chosen. Oh. I'm very interested. Let's, 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 let's do the round robin. Okay. And then I'll answer that after I make all of you answer that as well. Okay. So the first round robin question is, if you got to go on as a different cat than who you went on, who would you want to play? Bomb Ballerina. Okay. And, and why? I'd love to hear why, too. Well, because she was older. I mean, not the actress, I don't mean. But, you know, there was something – because I was, you know, I was the white cat and she had to be – pure and and she had to do that damadagio every night and um <laughs> I, just, I might add well you're very kind thank you but i just i just love bomb i love her coming out i mean i love demeter and bomb i love the song i love that they had sass there was sexuality to them they were they were edgier so that's who i wanted to be Go, Leslie. I can't think of, um, or I, I have no idea. I mean, the, the interesting thing is that I actually got this role. And Joe, I was at that um, dance call with you at the Court Theater what? in New York. I had to get, oh, I was originally, right. I couldn't get an audition for Grizabella because my, they, my agent said they were going to go with a name. And I was just a kid. So I went to the dance call for Bomb and, and Demeter. I was auditioning for Bomb and Demeter. And I walked out of that whole process with the lead. I, it was a crazy, crazy thing. Wow. And you know, John, I wrote a TED Talk on that. That is amazing. I didn't know that, Leslie. Oh, my God. But I remember That's you, fantastic. that ponytail and everything. Oh, man. So you're going on as Bomb and Demeter, one of those two oh. as well. I'm going to go with Bomb and Demeter too because I I was thinking that I would get that I was you know up for that and I was really proud that I'd been kept after the dance audition and I had a really great bluesy Broadway song to perform for my uh, for the singing you know when they asked me to stay and sing and um, I was I had gotten my head wrapped around that that I was excited to do that so I'm going to say I'm going to say Bomb. So I guess that leaves me. Um, <laughs> Mike, I'm going to be upfront with you, um, and 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 I'm going to give you a, a, a sort of a pat answer to your question as to who, who what the other character I would be, and it would probably be the follow spot operator. I had no no ambition to play other any other character in that show. I I, I really didn't. I admired everybody for what they were what who they were cast as, and in retrospect, looking back on it, it was spot on perfect. Oh, um, I agree. I, I agree. Uh, spot on. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying replace replace your own cast. I'm saying if you were, you know, in a in a fantasy world of the Winter Garden, ignoring oh, a spot you know, operator or whatever, you know, because you know, I, I answered this question before. I can't sing a note, so I can't go on as any of the cats. Um, 
but it's kind of fun to think about which you know which storyline interests you. If, 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 I mean, I guess Mungo Jerry just because it was sort of close to to Skimble. I mean, I, I I you know in terms of the the animation of it, or I mean, I don't know, I don't know. I love when my my when they would say you know when you would come out of the stage room they'd be like who who are you who are you and when you wanted to go to dinner you'd be like I I, I was a false spot operator because <laughs> nobody knew who you were yeah with pin curls and a ball on a baseball cap right there you go there you go there you so go. what was your favorite what's your favorite song outside of take out the one that is either about you or that you dance to hmm. Well, I was going to say Jellicle Cats because I, I think that is one of the most wonderfully written songs. I'm a songwriter now, and and I, I just think that is such, musically, it's just so exciting and brilliant. Um, but I guess I did perform in that. That, so I guess that I one is, that one, I think, I meant more, you know, no Skimble Shanks, no memory. Um, or oh, at least yeah, for you. then definitely so that's, that's Jellicle Cats. Jellicle Cats is, oh my God, I used to love doing that number. It was so much fun. Yeah. I'm going to say McCavity. I love singing McCavity. The group, you know, when all the, the ladies came out to finish the song. After That's right. Movie. That's right. That's yeah. right. All you gals did McCavity, didn't you? That's right. That's right. I can see those two lines, man. Right. Yes. Um, I, I have to say the, the, the moment that I, and I told Jimmy Walski this the other day, I said, uh, in, in choir tire, when we, when we, when we were singing uh, mystical divinity, before the mm-hmm. after the boot drop, yeah. and you do that. Um, uh, what was it? Um, do what? Da, 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 da. That yeah. that explosion Incredible. from that tire. That I have to say, and I told Jimmy this. I said, I have to be honest with you, Jimmy. There wasn't one time that I don't remember that I didn't absolutely love doing that moment in the show. Um, Skimble was right next to Mistopheles. I told this to Randy Slobachek, who played Mistopheles. I said, I love being next to you in choir, entire choir, just because we had such a fun time. And then that breakout, that to me was, was, was really, it just was a beautifully constructed theatrical moment. Um, and as a director and, 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 and choreographer, you look back on that, go, that, yeah, you got that one right. You know, that's, oh, that's, 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 that's many, also many from things. the opening number. Just, that's yeah, what I'm talking so, about, local songs. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I'm just telling great. Mike because I don't know mm-hmm. if he knew what, what you Oh, I'm sure about. he does. You, I'm yes. slowly, slowly picking it up. Slowly tire picking choir it up. and all that. <laughs> yeah, 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 the tire <laughs> choir, yeah. The tire choir is when, when the whole company comes together to sing Mystical Divinity, you know, the, uh, that whole section. So. Okay, second to last one, then we're going to get to my final question, which is if you – had to quarantine with one of the characters. Not Catherine. Which cat would you quarantine with? <laughs> wow, what a question. Wow. Quarantine. Is, uh... Yeah, if you got stuck you got stuck in a New York apartment with for the month of April. With one of the cats, and, and I'm only, I'm I'm going to say this to you only because she's texting me right now, asking me how this interview is going right now. Is 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 a Demeter played by in our company by Deborah Genevieve Athens, who who I have to say, if I was stuck in a room with anyone, it would have to be Demeter, just because, just because, because I know she'd set up a bottle of whiskey on the table and be like, all right, let's talk. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser because. 
it, you know, for all those moments where we were just paralyzed, what are we going to do now? You know, that would have made them, they would have made it fun with their menacing tricks. And that to me. Yeah, that's a good answer. I'm going to say Tugger. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> I'm afraid to ask. I'm afraid to ask you to explain why. Ask her. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's got, she's got math and sex appeal too. Yeah. You know what, well, I did say Mungo Jerry. So. Is, you uh, did. I know. <laughs> don't think I didn't catch that. <laughs> oh wow. Oh. Oh the most common answer so far has been Mistopheles. You get magic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just seems like a, a good uh, a good time. Um, that's been the most common answer so far. I had argued if I took out the New York apartment thing is that I'm pretty sure Buster Jones probably has a pretty nice suburban mansion Ooh, that you might yeah. not even have to see him <laughs> if you <laughs> And, you know, the fridge would be stocked. Everything would be, nice. would be totally. Would be what a good idea! Totally, yeah. I've spent way, way too much time digging into this type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, you know, listen, Skimble had 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 quite a lot to do with Buster for Jones. That particular number, um, I remember, you know, being very close to, you know, in, in the staging of it. I remember they were saying, you know, oh, you you take care of everything for Buster for Jones. He's me, make sure he's, you know, his napkin is right. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. So, yeah. <laughs> so, final question. You know, it's coming. I've argued for many, many episodes that I don't think Grizabelle is the right choice to be the judge <laughs> choice. And so my question is, do you agree or disagree with me? And if you um, agree with me, who would you pick to be the judge of choice? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I tried to think of, you know, because it's hard for me not – this is Leslie talking now. It's hard for me not to think that she was right based on what I think her story is. Um, so, I mean, Deuteronomy needs to stick around. Um, you know, if I could, if I could, you know, give a, give a, a dot, dot, dot to that. Um, thus, Growl Tiger would be the other choice for, for I me. Agree. I was going to um, say that. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's what I was going to say. To, to, you know, it, just just the retrospect, you know, the, the introspection of his of his n- number and what he tells us, um, he would make a candidate to to go to the heavy side layer. I mean, who else is what- up for it? I mean, like everybody else is young. <laughs> so that yeah, is true. where this, this debate gets very interesting. It depends on how cerebral. Really like, wow. So if you the interpretation and my interpretation, let me, I'm not going to claim credit here. This is the way I kind of approached this again, walking out mesmerized in 2016, knowing nothing about what I was going to see. So I interpreted as I saw Leona Lewis, I interpreted as the X factor. I watched a competition show and just each cat, everyone that sang was up for the, the, the win. So to me, I didn't really until I started digging deeper, and it's very clear that besides Grizabella, Gus is kind of the one that gets argued the most. I viewed it as I just watched the weirdest form of the X Factor that I've ever seen. <laughs> and 
I, I I took it as the ones that so I remember Mungo Jerry Ripple Teaser that that was a song stuck in my head but the performances that were most memorable to me were Tugger and Mustafalis and then you know they've got their whole are they together brothers together what that whole thing and then I just kept thinking the X Factor Simon Cowell always just takes two solos and makes them a group like One Direction and Fifth Harmony I think they should go together that's been my argument. Oh, oh that's and I, I always thought they had had a past, so that makes sense. Oh, that's interesting. I always thought that that the heavy side layer was when almost like as if um, you've 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 learned what you needed to learn, so you're able to move on. Where and the only thing okay. about Gus, I felt like Gus was. I think I think to me Gus was in his seventh life. This was his last life. Yeah. And so yeah. that's why we got that reminiscent oh, song. You know what I mean? like, that's why I was stuck. That's why I thought like Grizabella, you know, she like like um Leslie said, you know, she she was on her way to be something. She went she she lost her path, she lost her way, but she is come to given a second chance. And so this is why, and she deserves a second chance. Not, not, not that every cat does, but to me, Tugger and, and Mistopheles, they're like, they're still, they're, 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 they're still running wild. They, yeah, haven't, they, they haven't gone off the past so much that they need to, they need to come back and as, as uh, in their next life to learn more yet. I think yeah. when, that's what I always thought. So that's why, but I, by I me, mean, I always think Gus would be, but at the same time, Gus, this is Gus's last life. Hmm. And actually, that was 2016. Christopher Gurr. That was his argument: is that he didn't think he had another life to live. So if he died, he thought oh. he was over. So he kind of felt the same way. Which, um, and you know, the more I've researched, the more I've I've thought like that argument one makes sense. The argument for Grizabella, based off of like whose time it is, who's deserving. I, I get it. I really think I walked out of the theater with. I mean, I walked into the theater with no context, and I walked out of the theater with my frame from. Leona Lewis. I think if you would have replaced her with anybody else at the time, I might not have came to that conclusion, which I do think is a kind of a fascinating thing about what I love about this show, which is everybody sees it at a different time, different production, different way, and picks out something unique about it. Like almost everyone answers every one of those round robin questions differently, mm-hmm. which is, I don't think the case in a lot of other musicals. I think a lot of other musicals, obviously, there's someone that you really love or you kind of are almost pointed to somebody versus this musical is there's so much happening there's so many different ways to interpret it mm. there's incredible performances from everybody and it's just kind of a unique thing and, and, and that's what's kind of beautiful about the the musical well mike if I, as i'm listening to both of my, my my dear colleagues and you say this and I, I i will i will try to summate this as as best i can every artist who does anything in theater can only hope that what they do has a legacy and has something that can be talked about for generations to come. And the fact that we are talking about this not only 34 years later, but in this context is a testament to the creation of what Andrew Lloyd Webber, Trevor Nunn, Jillian Lynn created from poems, from T.S. poems, not a script, poems from T.S. Eliot. And one of those most remarkable things I will say, when I saw um, uh, a- Andrew commentating the 1986 film, 86, am I right? 86? The is, movie? 
Yes, the movie. Yes, the movie. Ninety-eight. Thank you. When he was commentating that on on his web channel, there were there were nuggets of information that he was expressing that I wish I had known, and the creation of certain moments in that play that, as a director, I look back on now and I go, "Oh my God, that's that's brilliant." So they took poems and created what we articulate in in our event. Um, a landmark musical which changed the face of musical theater um, yeah. now and forever. So, and, 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 and I go back to the day that we did our first rehearsal. And I, ladies, if you remember this, Bernard Jacobs, who was the president, then the president, may he rest in peace of the Schubert organization, said, Welcome to Cats. You are all now part of theater history. I'll never forget it. So thank you for, 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 for allowing us to, to expand upon something that we celebrate in, in, in this event. And I was honored to do, and as you can hear, we all were. So. And I think that's a, a, a beautiful way to end it is that, you know, the show has been historic and, you know, as easy it is to poke fun at it, it's, it's lasted for so long because of how, how well done it is and how great it was and how um, groundbreaking it was. Uh, so um, I'm excited to see what you have put together. Um, I'm excited for the fundraiser. Yay. So I do want to say thank you all again for being here. Um, and just a reminder that you can watch the With Love Now and Forever Cats for COVID Relief fundraiser on Friday, October 23rd at 8 p.m. at broadwaycares.org slash cats benefit. And it'll be running through October 27th. Thank you, Mike. Yes. Thank you, Mike. Mike. This is delightful. I mean, yes. delightful. A lot of times people take uh, theater a little too seriously, I think, and how much fun it, it is to just turn it on its head. And, and thank you again, and thanks everyone for listening to this bonus episode on the Ron Cat Diet, the podcast breakdown with Catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Ron Cat Diet, or check out our website, theroncatdiet.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.